case shit goes wrong. Right. We got it both. So, awesome. all right. Take a drink. Welcome to You've Never Seen It, an audio podcast where I am on a mission to never hear these four words again. I am your host, Allison Salamoni, and joining me today is a major sports fan, a major sports film fanatic, and the cousin to You've Never Seen It regular guest, Moose Haas. Today, I am joined by Cousin Ryan. What's going on? What's going on? I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm hoping I can live up to Moose's. I know Moose brings a lot of energy, so I'm here to match that. <laughs> I'm going to end up, I'm going to send him a message after this, regardless of how this goes and just tell him that I like you better. Yes. Like that's just That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes. I'm going to tell him that he's fired and never allowed to be on another episode again. And oh, we're just going to move forward that way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to do things around here. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming and hanging out with me. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. I, I have heard for Obviously, the last 10 years, people using the coining, using the term, oh, he moneyballed the system. They moneyballed this. So, like, it's finally nice. To, I had an understanding of what this film was about a little bit, but I'm not as into, I mean, I like sports. I'm more of like, I like my college football, right. you know, things like that. But like, baseball has never been something that I've been super into. So, it was really interesting to kind of like finally figure out what they mean <laughs> when right, people yeah. say moneyball the system. <laughs> It yeah it that uh, that term came out and it was kind of funny to see people not really understand what it meant but it, it was a but big to deal. just use it <laughs> yeah it, it was um, funny but uh before even kind of getting into it um I kind of want to get let our listeners uh all you like twenty of them it's fine <laughs> no um give us a little bit of info about yourself like what is it about you and movies and what you love about them so. I grew up in like Podunk, Washington, country town. So there wasn't a whole lot for us to do besides be on the orchards and do dumb kid stuff. Uh, and movies was a thing that I just kind of fell into. My mom and my dad really were introducing me to movies. Um, Moose is my cousin. And so a lot of movies with us growing up as kids, Ghostbusters was a thing we watched constantly together. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I got into a lot of things. My my mom loved movies like Now and Then and Grease. And I grew up with that. My dad matrix he took me out of school to go see it when it came out he, you know, <laughs> movies was a huge thing for us yeah um, so i i just love it and when it comes to baseball baseball was something that i grew up doing um, my dad was a ball player i'm a ball player my sister played in high school um, it was just something that we loved and i actually this movie it's funny because i remember this season i was only it was 2002 when this all took place and you know i was just a kid 12 whatever Jesus but i remember Christ. this yeah, God damn it. <laughs> but I remember this season. So you're the second uh, person I've had on this show to let me know how much younger they are than me. <laughs> I think I, yep, I just aged myself. So there you go. You know, but I, this came Great. out in 2011, five years after I graduated high school. So that kind of says a whole lot about the whole thing. Um, but it it was such a great movie and I love it. And I actually have watched it since we've talked about, you know, doing this and going over this. I've watched that movie probably five times in the last week. I just I yeah. love the movie. So <laughs> It's so, so good. It's so interesting, too, because it's one of those movies where it has the potential to be kind of boring, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's not a whole, it's not like it's a full, super dramat dramatized plot. I mean, there's things about that are dramatized, but it's right. not like you want them to succeed, but you're so you're kind of bought into it. But it, it feels like there's no, there are stakes, but there aren't stakes. Like, it's not an edge on your seat, like edge of your seat waiting for what's going to happen right. next kind of movie. It's a dial. It's, it's pure dialogue, but I mean, that's what you're going to get with an Aaron Sorkin right. written right. <laughs> script. Yeah, anyway. hands down. <laughs> right? like, it's a lot of talking and I don't mind that, but I think what sells it is how interesting is I, I what Jonah Hill is doing is what I think is what sells it more than anything else. Yes. Agreed. hundred percent. He was incredible in that movie. Um, you know, I think back to when I first saw him in 2006 when he did Grandma's Boy and Click uh -huh. and, you know, all this stuff. And then he goes and does something like this and just knocked it out of the park. He can't be yeah. typecast. He did amazing. And it was that dialogue between him and Brad Pitt. It carried the movie. It, that's what made you invested in the movie and keep watching it. Mm -hmm. And like, if you, of course, and it was really nice to kind of watch Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman oh. and something. Um But then even thinking about it now, this was like one of his last roles mm -hmm. before he, before he died uh 
too soon. Um, but even he's, I mean, he's Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's great in everything he does. Yes. I mean, just always so great. Um, but so, yeah, so I guess that kind of kind of goes over why. So why did you want to talk about this movie if specifically? So this movie, I love, I love this movie. I, I love Jonah Hill. <laughs> I love Brad Pitt. Uh, Scott Hatterberg. I mean, you got Brad Pitt or uh, sorry, Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. for me, I was like, Baby I was excited. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. But uh, this movie for me hit so many, so many things, nostalgia and everything too, because I remember that season, 2002, Angels won the World Series. That's my team. I remember watching, thinking, oh, we're going to lose. Oakland's going to come sweep this through and take this. So this movie kind of brought back a lot of those memories and the cast itself really sold a movie that's not, it's baseball, but doesn't show a whole lot of baseball. Yeah. And, but it felt, it, it felt like you were there. You were a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing too. Like what in your mind, because you talk to certain people, like some, I would just classify it as a sports film because it's a film about a sport, mm -hmm. but there's others who wouldn't quite say, because there's not as much baseball right. in it as like you would like a for love of the game or field of dreams or things like that. So mm -hmm. what, I guess, what categorizes a sports movie to you and does it fit that mold? I guess for me, for a sports movie like that, I mean, that's what the basis of the movie was, was the sport. Mm -hmm. So it was all about baseball, but it's all about the side of baseball that people don't think about. You think baseball, you're on the diamond, you're pitcher, catcher, whatever. But what goes behind on behind the scenes with the back office, um, it it's an integral part of baseball and what actually, you know, moves and shakes. So I think it's more is more of a sports movie because it does handle that that nitty gritty of what baseball is. Uh, and it covered a lot of those things. So it did show some things cool, but it shows something that's never done that field of dreams right. never did that sandlot never did you know that that backside of it so it, it was kind of nice sandlot. yeah i always it's nice to get like a behind the scenes kind of mm -hmm. thing because like to be honest like i don't understand how a baseball team works like right. you have your general manager and then but you have the actual manager who's on the field like mm -hmm. i don't understand any of it so right. and then you, yeah and you have some teams that have the manager who is the general manager and you know it's just it, it's none of it makes sense weird to me. and it's fine it's <laughs> so weird but then it made then it, again it made even more sense because i remember being a freshman in college watching the uh red sox finally win a world series and mm -hmm. going holy shit like, where yeah. did that even come from? And then at the end of this movie, when they're doing like the little title cards or whatever, they said that two years from here in the next season or whatever, the Red Sox would go to win the World Series using the exact same method that the Oakland A's did. Right. The huge difference, Which, though, between there's a big difference, though, still between those two is the uh, Red Sox had the money. Like it was still right. close to $100 million what they were spending compared to, you know, the 40, 50 million that the Oakland A's had. So yeah, they moneyballed it, but they had the money to moneyball it. To my, right, they had the ability to actually really do it. Yeah, exactly. Because um, that's so weird. The, the idea of like how money in baseball, like I feel like baseball is is I mean obviously it's different, but like it's the way that it's run and the way that it's done is like his its own entity entirely. Mm -hmm. Like completely, it's like like so like having you have the Yankees who have. Mm, millions upon millions of dollars to build a team however they want to build it yeah. versus oakland who had not <laughs> anywhere a th you know a, th a third of what what that was right. to try to be successful and it's almost like you start having like even though we have the minor leagues and the farm leagues it's also like we have mlb teams that become farm leagues for mm -hmm. these other teams oh, yeah oh yeah oh yeah it's it's completely unfair i mean they even talk about it in the movie how unfair the game is yeah you know? um Every year, someone's breaking a record on getting paid so much money to go play. So it's baseball wild. has a lot of money to throw around. <laughs> it's so wild. And I don't understand. I mean, I love a good baseball movie. I love, I mean, I love The Sandlot, love Field of Dreams, love Angels in the Outfield. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yes, you. Yes. Yes. I love that movie. <laughs> so do I. Everyone gives me so much shit. Same. I'm like, it is such a good movie. Um, Angels in the Outfield. I love, uh, uh, I mean, my husband's from Southside Chicago, so we we we. I mean, he was a White Sox fan, so mm -hmm. of course we love uh, what is it, Little Big League, on top yeah. of Rookie of the Year, because both of those films right. are just, you know, right. they're great. They're so good, but there's definitely something about this one that it almost makes me kind of be a little like how I am with 
the NBA ever since I listened to this podcast on like the shady stuff that the NBA mm-hmm. was doing and the rest were doing right. um, with, with their cheating and shaving point scandals. I'm kind of sitting there watching this movie, even though now it's like so many years later, but still in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like yeah. <laughs> you're literally setting up people for a heartbreak <laughs> for their yeah. whole entire. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hands down. It, it's bad. It's bad. It's a lot, of, especially like the talent scouts, like what they talk about, you know, they promise a lot of things to these kids and then uh, it doesn't always pan out for them because you never know. And right. I think that was a really good part of the movie brought out was showing that, you know, it can take the bad news bears of baseball players to make a team and win 21 games in a row. So. Oh my God. Which is so wild. Like that, those are my favorite moments in sports films <laughs> like when you're waiting for it. Like, so we know they're not going to get, they obviously we know that they're not going to the world series like we know that that didn't happen but like the big moment is winning 20 breaking the record of winning 20 straight games in a row Mm -hmm. which you because of how many games there are in a season also again don't understand it because like last week my husband like a month ago my husband's like oh yeah the white Sox or however many months ago white Sox are in first in their division and then all of a sudden like they've dropped the load Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know I don't understand. Are the Braves playing? Are they in the World Series? Okay, cool. That works for me. <laughs> I'm from right. Atlanta. Like I don't <laughs> whatever, yeah. Zero, zero invested. And I need to <laughs> feel like I need to be better about it. Um it, baseball's a long haul, so I get that. It's you know, it's a lot of games compared to the you know, NFL, MLB or uh, NFL, NHL, NBA. It's so much longer than the rest of those. So it's it's a lot to invest. Right. For sure. So so you're a big Angels fan? Is that yes. that's your that's your, yeah, your Angels team? fan? What what about it is they you know, is it for just families out there? Or? You know, I was born in Southern California. Um, Moose's family, my family, are all Angel fans. Grew up not too far from Anaheim Stadium. You know, that's what we were. That's what we loved. And even when we moved to Washington, I picked the Angels over the Mariners. So something oh, I man, that's like Ken Griffey Jr. heyday too. Yeah, it really was. It, it, it was a little hard to be honest. But, you know, <laughs> everyone crapped on my team until we won two thousand two, but that was about it. But, they always do. They always, they always do. Keep it, yeah. they, look, people crapped on the Red Sox since 1918. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Raider fan, so I get a lot of crap constantly. So, you know, it's whatever. It and now they're in Vegas. So at least like you can, you can go and see them while you're getting. Watch them lose. Yeah, that's cool. That's always fun. You know? In person. It's so great. It's the best part about All that money to watch them like that. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. Love spending money to do that. <laughs> um. So with this one, how, I mean, do you find if when people are coming to like ask you for movie advice or sports films or films about baseball, like how often are you finding yourself like recommending this to someone? A lot more often than not. Uh, even this movie had a big presence. Not a lot of people really watched it or understood it. I mean, I've seen it once. So I have to make them go back and watch it again. Um, but it happens quite a bit. I think this this and The Sandlot are the two movies that I do recommend most often. Sandlot's uh, so great. It's amazing. I think anyone who ever played baseball or is involved with baseball should uh, should watch that movie. And I, this is that was so movies. cool. By the way, just how 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 swift. I'm just gonna because because we have we're audio only. But that the way that you just scooped the cat up and just I know, like, right? and we're going back here as I'm going to continue <laughs> my sentence. Meanwhile, my ADD would be like, and where was I? Where, where do we go? <laughs> She's being camera jealous right now. She wants on. She wants to talk about some money ball. She's a big I fan. Think she does. She she has a lot to say. A lot to um, say. We had mentioned too um, the performances from uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. This actually not only is this like one of Jonah Hill's like first like forays into drama. I think before mm-hmm. this he did Funny People, but even then his character, from what I remember, about I saw it once. Um, not my favorite, Judd Apatow. But um, it's obviously a little bit more serious, but you don't get he's still playing a comedian. So it's like it's not as like drama heavy as this role is, which then turns out to garner him his first ever Oscar nomination. Right. For supporting actor, which I'm pretty sure. And of course, I should have looked it up and wrote it down. Um, The 20 that 2012 Oscar year was pretty stacked. Yeah, if I remember right, it was too. I know Moneyball was up for, so yeah, it lost the Moneyball lost to the artist, um, or no, uh, Brad Pitt lost to the artist. Did the artist win that year? I still think the artist won that year, but God, that really was yeah. The artist won. That God, there was a lot of movies that year. 
that was like one of the first years they did like a shit ton of movies <laughs> for yeah. Oh, yeah. for the winners. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't seen the artist. We'll we'll chalk that up. That's why I have a podcast. Um, right. but who is not now? I gotta go and see who Jonah Hill was up against and who he lost to. Oh, well, he did lose to Christopher Plummer. So mm-hmm. not that I saw that movie, but oh shit. There's another another great sports movie, Warrior. I didn't know Nick Nolte got a specific yeah. actor nom for that one. Damn, just for playing himself, being a drunk and being sorry about it. You gotta know. <laughs> <laughs> the roles, yeah. the roles closest to our chest. It's like that's what Perfect. really that's really why I think Brad Pitt won for Once Upon Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because he was just playing so good. So he was just playing such a cool guy, just like yeah. a cool dude. And I feel like that's exactly what he would be like in person. Um, so I'm like, no wonder he won for that role. Like that's him being brad pitt well and, and brad pitt being brad pitt it showed a lot in this movie too was him always eating mm-hmm. something always yes. had something going on you know the peanuts from the bowl what have you like the popcorn it very brad pitt and very it brad pitt it was Love very him. reminiscent of uh oceans 11 yeah, where he was right. constantly eating something which also was kind of getting on my nerves the way that he just had like a cup of like sunflower seeds just mm-hmm. but again baseball right like right. they can't chew it back it's like you they're always there's always something in which again i don't understand i don't well, know where that culture comes from you know and that that was the thing for me growing up i think even after i stopped playing being around it still i had sunflower seeds on me all the time all the time <laughs> like we should be randomly in my pocket and i'd be eating sunflower seeds and you know it's just one of those things we buy those big buckets of sunflower seeds and just have that and my mom and my dad and i would just eat the crap out of them and so i get it I totally get it. <laughs> just don't, I just don't understand. And the it also he's like throws me back to rookie of the year with Daniel Stern's character and how he's just like throwing them and like yeah. <laughs> uh, just spitting them out. It's just oh my god. <clears throat> I just don't get it. There's things. There's so many things about baseball I just don't understand. And I'm like mm-hmm. literally alienating probably two or three people on this podcast talking well, about it <laughs> there are some things that unless you like you play or you're around it you just don't get it. it's part of that culture that's you know drilled into you as a kid so uh from the outside yeah i think that would be kind of weird you know sunflower seeds all the time cool why would you do that to yourself cold sores yeah. in your mouth and crap like that you know it's raw, <laughs> it's, raw. Salt. <laughs> it's like constantly eating uh it's like when you eat a bowl of like captain crunch that you haven't eaten right. and you haven't eaten it in months and all of a sudden like the roof you're like what just happened to the roof of my mouth you gotta toughen it's- up apparently <laughs> 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 you got to build those calluses right exactly. in your cheek, right? Exactly. Uh, so much to baseball, so much to. <laughs> so what? So you're out in Vegas now. Yes. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of action does baseball get out there? So we have a minor league team. Um, okay. The Aviators that are here, and there's actually grumblings that we're going to get a major league team here within the next few years. And oddly enough. It might be Oakland A's, which would be hilarious considering the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> they might be coming here. And so, you know, that's the talk of the town is Vegas Ooh. is going to get a baseball team. So if we do, I'll be all over it. Um, but we and do like, have, my, we have a minor league team. And I'm only four hours away from California. So, you know. Oh, I, it's not bad. Yeah. You're, you're four hours to California is like my four hours to Savannah, Georgia, where I just go, I just go and I drink for a weekend and then yeah. come home. It's great. <laughs> I go to Moose and I drink for the week. So there I, you go. Know, Perfect. Yeah. It's it, win-win. <laughs> um, now, the other type of action you can do in Vegas, if you're putting money on things, like what would you, like, how does that work? How's like gambling uh, on baseball work? So sports betting is crazy here. Um, you can bet on just about anything, you know, the first five innings, the whole game, the pitchers, the count, the score. It, there's so many prop bets, depending on where you go. Uh, I like to stick just to the game. Just, <laughs> I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet on the game because I, you know, I can kind of understand the pitching and who they're playing, stuff like that. So, uh, but I know guys who do that insane prop bet first doubles, who hits the first home run, what team, how many home runs. Like it, it's mind blowing what people can bet on here. That's it's scary, wild. really. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I, I mean, I already don't have money now, but like, I would never have any money. Right. If I lived in Vegas like this, I actually had a cousin for I don't know if he he says he doesn't do it anymore. But I have a cousin who lives in Texas who for the longest time was a sports book keeper. And I would ask him, like, so what happens if like people don't pay you? Because like I also watch a lot of mob movies. So I just assume he's connected. And like his whole answer, he goes, he goes, he just didn't take their bets anymore. I was like, oh. 
Okay. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he tells you, but there's probably more behind <laughs> right? it. You know, you never know. Exactly. But he's like, there's so, and I like tried to get him to like explain it to me, but he also like didn't want to cross me that much. Right. But it was the wildest thing. I think like any like sports or like I mean I watched I watched all the Sopranos mm-hmm. when they were doing their sports yeah, yeah. books and watched you know the season with the one guy who had to like give his whole sports store <laughs> to Tony. <laughs> I'm like that would be me if I lived in Vegas trying to bet on literally anything. Well, and it's it's gotten worse. I, I mean, depending on how you look at it, uh, now that they have the apps for some of these casinos where you can just bet at home while you're watching the game, live betting from your phone, what? and it. Yeah, and it's it's wild because they even have the prop bets on it. So it it's super wild. Super it's wild. so crazy. And like betting is such an interesting like sports books in general, just even like gambling general is so interesting because especially when I equate it to like what I do for a living. So like when I'm not burying myself in movies that I've never seen <laughs> to, to wax poetic about with people for 45 minutes to an hour. I'm a behavior analyst. So oh, wow. my whole, my whole thing is I work with, with children. I used to work with adults, but I'm back to working with kids with um, autism and other developmental disabilities. Um, but what's always interesting to think about is like how we get reinforced by things and like makes, and like what keeps our behaviors going. Mm-hmm. And I always, whenever like I'm teaching people about, like schedules of reinforcement, I explain, I always use Vegas as the example of why gambling is so addicting because the payout, right? That's your reinforcement. That's what, right. but you never know when it's going to happen. Right. Unless you're rain man counting cards and they catch you. But <laughs> even then the nice. payouts are so big, but like, you never know when that slot machine is going to hit. So that's why you would get the little old ladies just putting their money. You know, I'd sit there where I would sit there with like a dollar in the penny slots and just go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never, but when it hits and it hits big, you're like, well, shit, I got to keep going. I could win big again. And then you could never win anything again, but you're going to keep trying because it happened at some point. And that's why shit like that is so addictive and why people just can't stop. It just blows my mind. Human behavior is wild. Well, yeah, yes. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I was going to say just being here, living here, because I don't, you know, I, I don't gamble as much anymore as I used to. It's kind of one of those things that lost its luster, but right. I go down, I go down to the strip and hang out and watch showing the tourists listening to the machines light up and make all that noise and people's reactions to it. It's it's interesting to watch. Like you said, it's the human dynamic is crazy. Yeah. And people getting so angry. And I'm like, brah, you came to Vegas. Yeah. I, I so I haven't been to Vegas since like I was what since I've been old enough to gamble, which again, probably a good thing. But like my husband, who's gone a few times, he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I, I was like, I go up every, he's like, there's one time I went and I was up like a grand and then I lost it all. I was like, why? He goes, well, it's not my money. It's Vegas this morning. I was like, bitch, it is your money. Yeah. At that point, <laughs> like, are you home? I'm like, he was like, we were dating. It was fine. I was like, but still. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You can spend that, that mentality is like, He's like, he's like, I was like, that mentality is like, ah, you know, that's where it belongs. Let it recirculate. I'm like, I, you are whatever whatever makes you sleep at night but you're right. lucky we weren't together at that time because i would have murdered you <laughs> that's, so that's hilariously funny yeah well, you know what you, the sports what betting part of it too like for me a lot of people you know you can i you know one or two bets at a time on one ticket that's kind of the big thing but people go crazy here and they do you know five six seven teams and it takes one team to lose for you not to get your bet and that's a lot of money that can go down the drain stick Let's stick to the one or two so you know, you know, your odds are a little yeah. in your favor. So, yeah, yeah. you know. I always liked going down to the uh, the old horse track here in Orlando at the time of the Kentucky yeah. Derby and putting my bets on the win place show. Like just choosing someone to yeah. either win place or show because either way, I got three chances of that horse making me money. So, <laughs> Well, and they're coming up with new ways to gamble here. I mean, you know, not only is baseball possibly coming this way, but we're doing the Grand Prix for the first time in next year and you know they've already come up the amount of gambling that's gonna happen for that it's just give me baseball i'll bet on baseball when it's here so i can go watch it but right you know, everything else whatever um and speaking of baseball kind of get back into it yeah if you had to like talk about some of your top moments like when people are asking you what moneyball is about what do you love about it what's like what would what moments from it would you would be like the first that come to mind to talk about I think one of my favorite things was that the first scene with Chris Pratt as Scott Hatterberg, you know, that conversation with him to show that 
uh, for baseball, it, that bad news bears type of DS. Someone couldn't be a catcher anymore, can go play a different position, and look how well he did. The opportunity was given to him, and he did it. Um, that quote in there about everyone can play the children's game, but you know everyone at a different time gets told they can't play it anymore, and that mm-hmm. that hits huge because you look at baseball players. Some last a year, some go like Albert Pujols in their forties. Like it all, it all depends. Um, yeah, but I, I think for a lot of people, that's the kind of the two things that I really point them to because people get so incensed by the game of baseball, like their position, they're going to play, they're going to make the major leagues and they don't account can what happened to, I mean, look at what Billy Bean, you know, that's yeah. true story behind him. So uh, yeah. I, I think those are the moments that I really pick out because it's so romanticized sometimes that people forget about the real things behind it. So I think this movie did a perfect job of that. Well, it's like kind of like in any sports, like at least how you talk about Billy Bean and what happened to him once he like he was this big hitter in high school and he was crushing it. And mm-hmm. then he gets to the major leagues and he can't hit for shit. It's almost mm-hmm. like you talk about like the Tim Tebow who won right. a national championship with Florida Gators and was gone within the first round of the draft. And like people were just pulling him and like he gets to where he go and, and nothing like yeah, he right. just he can't. He can't the pressure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to kind of see and to see how I think one of the reasons why I liked this movie and I enjoyed it so much is it felt very much like a lot of times with movies like this that are retellings of events can seem like that's not how people would talk. That's not what anyone would say. But especially these scenes where you're with the scouts and how they're talking about these players and what they're saying, it felt so realistic. Right. I think majority of the people on in that room for the scouts were actual scouts besides one or two were actual actors um so i think we kind of got a feel for what it would really be like in that room which is kind of cool because no one's allowed in that room besides the scouts and the gm so you know it was kind of a nice peek behind the peek behind the curtain and that real talk of what happens behind those closed doors and like the reactions you were getting are like the one guy who um ended up getting himself fired (laughs) because he was like because they get so set in your ways right because i think that's the other thing that is a big part about this movie is they're so set in what they're looking for Mm -hmm. right like i thought that was also interesting how kind of superficial baseball is yes like this guy's a great pitcher but he throws funny so no one wants him yes like Yeah. yeah It's wild. It's crazy to me. I mean, you think about, you know, uh, pitchers like that were always, even for me growing up, were talked, kind of talked down on because they just pitched funny, you know, submarine pitchers, what have you. But in reality, there's just something new that no one's seen. So why not throw them out there? Because, you know, batters are so used to a specific windup and a specific thing that it's coming at me on the side like that. Yeah, it would throw me off. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's like, and again, it just kind of the appearances. Like they kept one of the things that the scouts kept saying in the room is like, he's got a good face or he's got a good look about yeah. him. And it's like, so is he that good of a player or is he just good looking on the field? Like right. where, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You like win or are we bringing in fans here to stare at him? You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Which is so funny because when you really think about it, most baseball players are pretty decent they, for the long time. Yeah. yeah. They're all really good looking. They all yeah. have like smoking hot, why yeah, right. like you know right you're like good okay, for you, that's sir. not the guy i grew up playing baseball with but whatever yeah. you know? <laughs> like, what is it is what it is <laughs> um but yeah and then also you got to think about it you know of course when you, when you talk baseball um you got to kind of bring up to the idea of and it it makes it makes the the idea of like the performance enhancing and drugs and things like that the way that these scouts are talking mm-hmm. makes you realize even more just why something like that could be so prevalent the pressure yeah Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like I, mean, I remember watching the race for Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire for like the, the home run record right. and then to watch both of them be tarnished <laughs> because yeah. of what came out at the end. It, yeah. Right. I mean, but that's the thing is they were wanting to perform at a high level. They wanted to show they can still perform. So they did it. I mean, there's all that pressure for them to do it. I know you, people, I know people say that they shouldn't matter, but come on, it matters. It's their job. Like they want to perform. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, everyone's going to want to perform. And right. especially now, I think that's kind of what, what's really cool that this movie does is it helps give you that behind behind the curtain peak. Like, you know, you're pulling it back and being like, oh, fuck, like these guys have a lot riding on very little, <laughs> you know, and like yeah. it, the scene where the pitcher who, you know, throws funny came up to Brad Pitt and thanked him for like giving him an opportunity. Right. 
because no one else has done that before. I was like, oh, like that's it's humble. That's nice. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it, was, it was nice. <laughs> that's how it should be. You're playing. I know I'm probably going to piss people off saying this, but they're playing a game. I mean, that's right. Be real. You know, yeah. you're paying millions of dollars, hundred thousand dollars to play a game. I would love to play that game if I could still play it. Yeah. So, oh my God. Of course. Who wouldn't want to? Like, right. it's just. I mean, who who doesn't? Everyone. So many people grow up playing sports, saying like, "I'm going to be a professional athlete," and then the majority of us realize, "Nope, nope, I am nope. not." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would, but I'm not going to be. <laughs> nope, don't have time for that. No, thank you. Um, because it's just I don't have the I don't have the dedication. Right. And, and but like the fact that like I feel like I could equate baseball now to like an episode of America's Next Top Model with <laughs> how much they were <laughs> looking for. Yeah, and it's just up. like yeah. if that's how it's going, and then you have this kid from Ohio that comes up with some idea and, and talking about a different way of looking at it for versus like runs on mm -hmm. base and, and getting because that's the whole point right like right. it's not in professional baseball it's not those games of like 11 to nothing really shouldn't be that easy to come by right right so right. the more opportunity it's it's one of those things like why didn't we think of that well because that's not the important part in their mind the important part is like what is this one person good at and do they look good doing it mm -hmm. which is super unfortunate they miss out on a lot obviously i mean yeah oakland showed that they did, you know. For sure. Um, where on your list of like top 10 baseball movies do you think this would fall? You know, probably number five, if I had to really think about that. I, just, I mean, I, yeah. I love this movie. Um, yeah. My favorites, though, they're they're never going to get bypassed, but no matter what comes out at this point. What, so, like, what what are, you like, your top five, basically? So like, there's any order. Any the order. Sandlot, the Sandlot's number one. Like, no matter what, I will of watch course. that movie it, forever. Um, the Sandlot, I really, really love The Rookie. I love that movie so much. Um, That's the one with Dennis Quaid, yes. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It's gotcha. such okay. a great movie. Um, I think it's underrated. A lot of people kind of just don't think about that. Uh, Field of Dreams would be number three. And uh, Rookie of the Year, because that movie's hilarious. Rowan Gardner. <laughs> like, constantly amazing. I love that movie. Great Gary Busey in that movie. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. Like, mid-crazy Gary Busey, but not quite, like, full-blown off the deep end publicly right. yet, because there's not the, <laughs> when there's no TMZ at the time. But, yeah. like, he looks crazy. He, like, yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Like you okay, BC? What's going on, dude? You good? Let's oh my god. Oh, no. Chet. Chet Studman. The Rocket. The oh, Rocket. Is... You know, I know everyone loves that major league movie and I, I love it too, but it's I don't know. It's not one of those nostalgic hit me in the heart type movies, you know. No, for sure. I think definitely like I, I enjoy Major League. I only watched it for the first time all the way through like a few years ago and I really enjoyed it. Um, but again, I think I enjoyed it because of knowing how much like just nostalgia behind it more than anything. But I mean, if you're going to go, I mean, some of, I absolutely adore. I, there was a time where I watched field of dreams, like every single night before I went to bed kind of thing. It was also pretty easy. Not, not because it was boring and easy movie to fall asleep through, right. but it's not loud. I'm not getting like <laughs> plane crashes and <laughs> whatnot. So right. I, like it was easier. So I watched that a whole bunch. Um, Sandlot obviously I think is phenomenal. Um, I, I love rookie of the year. How can you not? I would think my husband bought that on like voodoo because he saw it was there and it was super cheap. And he was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Why so not? We, right. So, awesome. right? Yeah. so we own that one. Um, yeah. I mean, you got, I mean, how many, there's no other movies that have like a whole game <laughs> every season based off of it. Like you have the, there was nothing like right. when, when, I was watching the Field of Dreams game a couple years ago. Like it was like the first one back after like with the shutdown and COVID mm -hmm. and everything going on and baseball starting back up again. They did the Field of Dreams game and you watched Kevin Costner walk out of the corn. I'm like watching this whole like thing happen. I'm like sitting on my couch, like sobbing. Like, oh, I was bawling. I was bawling. <laughs> the hit. Oh, yeah. It, that moment I always wanted to see, you know? Yeah. You just <laughs> want to see Kevin Costner come out of the field yes. and there he was. So that's always. Stuff like that is is just I think is super super cool. Like that's nostalgia that I'm always gonna right. love 
and adore. Um, well, and what I loved about this, and I don't think a lot of people caught onto it, but um, when Billy Bean went and interviewed with the Boston Red Sox, mm-hmm. that guy, the actor who played, um, the, I think he was the owner, uh, was Smalls, the older adult Smalls in Sandlot. No! Yeah. Shut the front door. So I, it took me a second. I'm like, he looks really, really familiar. And then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, that's, yep, that's oh, small. That's small. And he plays in you know, a lot of other things. He's such a great actor. And it it was kind of nice that they brought him into that. I mean, yeah. it probably was just a tiny little nod. Well, it was a nod because Brad Pitt made a great Mambino reference. Yes. And so it was kind of a nod to okay. Sam, which was nice. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even I notice like, that. I you'd like that. That's so <laughs> cool. Look at you, their little tidbits of knowledge. That's fun um uh, <laughs> oh that's so cool fuck now i gotta go back, to go watch back and it. watch it again like, <laughs> just for that scene. might as well be like we just watched this like do we have to like why do we have to one more what time he, what did he say to me one time he goes he goes he was like he's like why are you picking the most long boring movies with zero action to watch? <laughs> i'm like it's a good movie he's like yes he goes but he's like because we have like I, I'm either watching them on my laptop or I'm watching them on our TV. Like, that's how we're doing it. So mm-hmm. if he has to watch it on the TV with me, he's not a big fan of having to watch long, boring movies with no big, like, right. super duper plot <laughs> that he's already seen. Because he's like, this is fun. But... I get it. I, I understand it. I totally understand <laughs> it. Especially seeing Big Trouble in Little China behind you. Like, I uh, totally understand. It is. Uh, it is. It is a favorite it's a staple uh in this household i've told the story before um so i might end up just editing this part out but uh when we first when when my husband and i first started dating i had when we were doing like the um exchanging facebook friend request or whatever mm-hmm. i went to his his facebook page and his profile picture was jack burton after he kisses <laughs> kim control with like the red lipstick and everything and I knew I never seen Big Trouble in Little China, but I knew that Kurt Russell did like two movies in the 80s that mm-hmm. were like these character based things. So I was like, I knew it was either Escape from New York or Big Trouble in Little China. Those the, I just I knew it was one of those two. Of those, yeah. But I remember in Escape from New York, he had an eye patch on. So I sent a message, you know, sent a little text was like, oh, Big Trouble in Little China fan, huh? And he was like, yes. Oh, my God. Have you seen that movie? It's my favorite movie of all time. I love John Carpenter. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's so good. So campy. Da, 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 da. Once we officially like started dating a couple weeks later, he was asking about this movie. And I'm like, yeah, honey, because you've never seen it. I went, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure have it. Wow, well played. Well played. Look and here we are, 10, we ten are. and a half years together, five That's of them awesome. married. You and you've know, watched it since and, then. Oh, yes, multiple <laughs> times since then. That is one of our favorite. Um, we I we like to call them kind of background movies. Like if there's nothing else to watch or like nothing mm-hmm. we really want to put on, it's one of our go-tos to just like throw in <laughs> the the Blu-ray just and just throw it on and like chill out, or like if we're doing stuff around the house and want something on in the background, just kind of putting we love right. it so much. We're big. Everyone knows big carpenter stands in this household. So I get that. Um, I totally 100 get that. Yeah. Well, oh, that's my big. dad's favorite movie. So I've watched that oh, is a it? billion times as a kid. Oh, uh, yeah. We, I've was, given I've given Moose it. so much shit. Uh every single time I talk to him about how uh that um favorite movies ranking tier thing, the tournament that you all mm-hmm. did, uh that the wrong movie won and it should have been Big Trouble in Little China. I disagreed with a lot of options. I went through. That was, that was a fun one. I disagreed with so many, but you know Moose, what? Moose knew I was going to give him crap. I told him ahead of time, like, I'm not going to go easy on you, dude. Like, no, I'm coming you, after you for this. You, you have to. You. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, we, uh, it's definitely been, and that's why this, pro- this whole project itself has been so much fun because I'm doing movies like Moneyball mm-hmm. and Zodiac, mm-hmm. but I'm also doing movies like Better Off Dead and, that's the awesome. burbs and yeah. so like it's it's and you know <laughs> yeah, yeah i know as soon as i said better off they're like music yeah that's yeah. it yeah <laughs> um nice. so it's like it's so and there's no rhyme or reason to like why i'm doing any of these right so like october is gonna try to be a spooky month and by spooky month i have like two episodes that are actually like spooky movies and the other two are ones that i'm putting in <laughs> that could awesome. fit but well, like there's just no rhyme or reason. I'm just like, oh, you're free. You want to talk about this movie? All right, cool. 
Cool. Let's go. Yeah. Honestly, I think I, I think that's a great what you're doing is great. I love this because uh, just being able to talk about a specific movie, one thing um, in a yeah. podcast, you can get so much more out of it um, and go in depth and picking the movies that you've picked the is amazing. Like Moneyball. I mean, you look at it, you have Chris Pratt and Jonah Hill who blow up huge. Blow up. Like, that's, that's Starler. Was that was still back when Chris yeah. Pratt was doing his, when they were calling him his Fat Pratt days. Yeah. Like, that was Parks and Recs yeah. Chris Pratt, yep. right? Like, you're not getting Star-Lord, like, 27 abs Chris Pratt yet. And it's, like, it's so wild to see, like, how he went from, like, in this movie, in this more serious role mm -hmm. to what he's doing now. Right, well, like, <laughs> yeah, he was typecast. I mean, Everwood and um, yeah. Rec, like, he was typecast to that lovable, goofy guy. Yeah, yeah. And then you give him this, and he knocked it out of the park. I mean, <gasps> it was small, but he did it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I you're mean, still, seeing... still my least favorite of the Chris's, you know, but right, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. We can't um, all be winners, we can't all be winners. And he <laughs> is a giant, yeah. He became a giant winner on all everything else he did, you know, and it's it's crazy. Look, he may be my least favorite Chris, but you know what? He's got a shit ton more money than I do. Yeah, right. And Arnold Schwarzenegger as a father-in-law, which I mean, it's kind of awesome. That's kind of it's awesome. Kind of awesome. I mean, I, I think Haas will tell you, and I know he'll till next time Moose talks about it. Uh, I'll openly say there's two two guys in the movie worlds that I can't do no wrong in my opinion. Chris Pratt's one of them and Ryan Reynolds is the other. So oh, sure. You know what I mean? So Haas likes to make fun of me about my crush for Chris Pratt, but Hey, the dude dropped a lot of weight for this movie. Like he worked out crazy to get yeah. that. So yeah, no, he, he, and he did so good. Like when he's sitting there and they like toss him the ball and he's like, yeah, no, I can play. And then it was like, nah, my, my elbows that like, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't throw from, you know, whatever anymore. And, like, just, like, the defeat in his face. Because he has a family and he has a wife. And, like, it's just, it's <clears> so <throat> insane. And then you even think about how personal that whole scene felt. Oh, right. But the then, comes so, out. Yeah. But then, like, Brad Pitt doesn't give a shit. And mm -hmm. that's why he even says, like, I don't fly, I don't do this. Because he takes the personal side out of it. So you have that whole scene where... um the one uh, David Justice is talking to Jonah Hill on the plane. He's like, yeah, he doesn't travel with Fanny. He goes, ah, so it's easier to cut us when he has to. And Jonah Hill's yeah. like, no, uh, well, uh, like it has nothing to say, but it's just like, yeah. that's a shitty job. And it actually, it's so funny. Like watching that scene, I had just finished watching the first two episodes of the documentary show that Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds are doing with, they bought that soccer that's team. Cool. Yeah. Yeah um welcome to Wrexham and literally the second I mean whatever spoilers it's fine but the second episode goes into how um this team the team is playing and they're playing to get promoted mm -hmm. end up the game ends up in a draw so they don't get promoted and so they're Ryan Reynolds calls Rob McElhenney he's like hey right, we're gonna have to make some changes and then at the end the cards come by and they're like the coach and his staff were all let go the next day all of these players were let go of their contracts the next day. And it's just like, God, oh, that sucks. And they had just come in and bought up this team. Like mm -hmm. it just, it has to happen. And then the way that Brad Pitt was just like, all right, you go do it. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah was like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a business, right? I mean, that's how right. he has to look at it. So, but yeah, to be able to go in there and, and to be around these guys all year, look up to some of them probably because they're great ball players and have to cut them. That could not be easy. Yeah, because that wasn't what he was doing in Ohio, right. right? Like he was just, they were coming and asking him what they thought about this person. He told them what the numbers said, and that was it. Meanwhile, he gets pulled into Oakland and is having to now be an assistant GM is because that's the title that Brad Pitt decides to give him mm -hmm. in front of <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this is your new assistant GM, deal with it. And then to be like, all right, you go tell him that he's, you know, being traded. And the way, and you, and I think that even that scene itself is so powerful because this guy, this is what he's used to, right? This player, mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to get traded. Like he's gotten traded. He's done this. He's done that. And then Jonah Hill's in there and he's like super nervous and he just throws it out there and he tries to be a boss and like players then goes, all right, okay. And just gets and walks away and you're just kind of, and then you're sitting there in it for a minute and like, that's why Jonah Hill is so brilliant in this movie because there's so many little things that happen mm -hmm. that you don't realize are happening until you're sitting and you're like in the air and he's just kind of sitting there going 
Yeah. Okay. Like he's channeling his Brad Pitt with telling him this, but then like he realized he never even had to be that tough because like homeboy who he's telling is gone is like, all right, okay. cool. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> they know. Right. They know how 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 the cookie crumbles with that. Um, the, the pause breaks that Jonah Hill did and the beats on his deliveries of not only the comedy but just the dramatic stuff. His yeah. beats were incredible. Like he knew what he was doing. And how to say it and where to say it. And it's, it really puts into perspective. I, 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 in interviews, what he's said before is like, yeah, I'm the comedy guy and I get paid the, you know, I make big money doing my super bads and <clears> all of those things. But like, I'm always going to take the actor's minimum to like, he's, he was like, I wasn't going to fight what they were going to pay me to go be in the Wolf of Wall Street right. or to be in Moneyball. So I have the opportunity to work for Martin Scorsese, work with Brad Pitt work with leonardo dicaprio like he seems like the most chill humble dude yeah in hollywood and like even he's like he's come in and out of like being in the picture because he's even said like he doesn't like how people are treated in this mm -hmm. industry or like how he gets treated especially with his whole fluctuating of his weight with his with his weight loss and his weight gain and like yeah, right. things like that he's like cool i'm good he's like i got my paychecks like if i feel like he's not at the point where like if he feels like doing something he can right which is fucking wild yeah like... it's insanely crazy <laughs> especially when you look at what he was doing back you know 11, yeah. 12 years ago it's then again he did the 21 jump street and can do new wrong at that point oh my god 21 and i <laughs> dude i loved 22 jump street i don't give a <laughs> show if you like 22 was also those both of those that's probably one of those where like the sequel to me like fits yeah with no, the first down. one yeah, for, sure. for sure um, I also sure. liked how, because it also was very aware of what it was doing and making fun of itself. Yeah. So like when in 22 Jump Street, when he walks into the, the new office and they see Ice Cube in his in his little like big square glass room and he just walks <laughs> just like, it's like it's a giant ice cube. I laughed way harder <laughs> than I probably should have at that whole thing. Because it's wild, especially because like, I mean, my first introduction to Jonah Hill was super bad, right? Him right. and Michael Sarah. So, and knowing that he's done other movies since then, one of those being, one of those on the list is Wolf of Wall Street. So I'm excited to find, to see him in that Amazing. dramatic role, dramatic role too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Um, the whole reason why I haven't watched his whole Bernie Madoff of it all. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm giving him money by right. watching him screw, like watching Leo everybody, who's playing yeah. him screwing everybody over. So uh, it's just like, I just got to do it and just suck it up. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny because like you get into that idea of the typecasting, right? So everyone thinks I see Jonah Hill and I'm just like, oh, super bad. Like the guy who makes dick and fart jokes, there's no way he can do this role the way that he's mm -hmm. done it. And the, the, who knows? And then, and then you really like, I get why the Academy gave him the nom because yeah. it's, it's not just with how he's saying things, but like when he's not saying things, you're just sitting there. You're just like, holy shit. Cause you can his... see he's so out of his depth and out of his right. league. Right. And the, I think he really showed how great of an actor he was and how good his flow is, especially when he was describing to Billy the analogy yeah. of that baseball player falling over and getting back up, you know, and not realizing that he hit a home run. I, I think that whole scene really showed it. Jonah Hill has a giant scope of things and tools, and he showed it right there. I mean, with Brad Pitt, and he owned that scene. Yeah. Owned it. He really did. And then what he says, like, you can't romanticize baseball. Like, who says you can't right. <laughs> romanticize baseball? Because it really is what it, because, yeah. oh, I love it. I also love when he pulls up the the video of Kevin Euclid, and he mm -hmm. was just like, but they're, he's like, he's going to, they're going to be doing this. Like, they're sitting on him. Mm -hmm. And then look what the Red Sox did a couple years later. Right. Like. Right. Oh, it's, it's, that's, I think what, what works and I'm, cause I've, you know, I, I'm hit or miss how I feel about the whole sabermetrics thing that they use for Moneyball. Yeah. But. Uh, I think it goes hand in hand with what scouts do. You have to look at the player as a whole, you know, what can they bring? So yeah. I think this movie really showed that there's more to it uh, than what was being reported on back in 2002. And this gave that look to it, you know? Right. And not being shady, like the Houston Astros uh, reading signs, but right. Exactly. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They didn't cheat. They just found a way to find the runs. <laughs> they, you know? So shady. <laughs> so shady uh god the astros trash trash Ugh. like i know <laughs> there's, there, goes, there goes there goes my one astros fan i'm sure it's fine someone will hey i look see i have i'm tatted up like i have it. I own the angels. <laughs> whatever you know 
Like you said, my husband has always been diehard White Sox fan, so grew up Southside mm-hmm. Chicago, going to the cell, all of that. We'll talk about history stuff, with baseball, though. too, those White Sox. That's some oh my god, history. Some great crazy history. history. I mean, again, you want to talk about cheating and yeah, right. points. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Yep. It was, that was years a good movie, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, the mo- what are you going to do when you're in with the mob? Shit happens. Shit does You know, happen. it's like, I, I, and of course, like... <laughs> I love a good Bob movie. It's such a problem. I have a type. <laughs> hey, I, I get it. Godfather is one of those movies I can watch constantly over and over again. So I that's get it. a long movie. Yeah, it that's, really is. It's good though. It's so good. So I, got another, good. I got another story we could talk about <laughs> off, <laughs> off podcast because I'm pretty sure I've also told that one on here. Um, but with that being said, and talking about Moneyball, I'm going to go ahead and get to the part where. We rank it on Letterboxd. Um, I'm either going to get a cease and desist from Letterboxd for constantly using their name, or maybe I can get sponsored. We'll find out. But <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. We'll, we will see what happens. Um, for this movie, I am going with, I'm for personally, I got to go, I'm going four out of five stars. I think that the Aaron Sorkin written script is brilliant mm-hmm. and very, like it's very quiet. It's a very quiet movie. Um, I see myself kind of definitely going back and watching it again. Um, but yeah, I think four out of five. It's the the Jonah Hill gets me the most yeah. with it for sure, yeah. for sure. So yeah. here we go. That I, works. I, I like a, it. I think that's perfect. I think that's exactly perfect. It's a great score. I <clears throat> fight me. I'm just kidding. I almost had to fight uh, Lomas and Moose for uh, my Burb score, but it's fine. <laughs> what oh no oh two and a half That's... stars anyway um <laughs> so moose lost his shit apparently you know he wasn't he wasn't yeah. thrilled he didn't tell me any, he didn't tell me any of that like he was just like oh it's such a great thing we had a great time talking about birds he didn't tell me what you scored it so, you know two and a half stars it's fine i get that i totally get it. it's not my favorite he... i make fun of him for it so. oh this is why ryan's my new favorite in the house family <laughs> um the fact that the burbs was on his top 64 list i was like dude bro come on really so, top 64 so many goddamn movies to like go through like <laughs> yeah i was very upset with him and I don't even think he put Sandlot on there. And I was like, how are we cousins? Like, how are we related? How are we even family? Like, how Come is on. this even working? <laughs> Come on. Well, Ryan, before we get out of here, where, why don't you tell all of the listeners who still, who I haven't offended with my baseball <laughs> thoughts, um, where they can find you and anything you got going on. Yeah. So check me out at, uh, on Twitter at cousin Ryan, 2021. Um, you will all probably see me around on some other shows, heard my name, heard my voice, what have you. Uh, but come check me out there. You'll see what I'm doing next. Moose and I have some fun things planned for the near future. So look out for us. We're coming. Awesome. And if you all are enjoying what you're hearing, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to Flick and Reel on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. If you're listening on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe, like, and comment your thoughts on Moneyball. And check out any of the other episodes of You've Never Seen It that we have up and comment your thoughts there as well. Please don't forget to also hit that bell icon to get notifications for any time we have new content drop. You can follow the show on Twitter at NeverSeenItFNR, and you can follow me at Allison Salamone. And until next time, my friends, be safe, and let's go watch some movies. See ya. And I hit that button. Think it all recorded? We'll find out. We'll find out. And then we... (laughs)